Hello and welcome to the Daydream Believers podcast. I'm your host, Liz Chirelli. Here you'll find a monthly dose of insight to help keep you motivated, inspired and informed so you can continue working towards your dreams. We cover a variety of topics so you can become the person you need to be in order to turn your dreams into reality. Every now and then, we'll also bring in some music artists to showcase some of the best electronic music there is out there. Thanks for listening, and remember to head to lizcirelli.com to download my free ebook on what it takes to achieve your dreams. It contains a free morning motivation that you can download and listen to every morning to guarantee you start each day strong and stay on the path to success. Now, on to the show. Hello, Liz here, and welcome to another episode of the Daydream Believers podcast. For this month's episode, I'm super, super excited to welcome as our guest, Keith Profita. Keith has been a music lover since day one (laughs) and has held many, many positions throughout the music industry. The music business is as much of a passion as the music itself for Keith. I don't want to give too much away because I would love for Keith to speak for himself and tell the listeners a little bit more about what you're about, why you're here and what we're going to cover during this month's podcast episode. (laughs) That was a great start, Liz, and I I appreciate it a lot. And thank you so much for having me. Um, You know, like you said, the, the passion for music came early for me and it just kind of built on on there. You know, as far as making music. I uh, found I wasn't as comfortable in front of the microphone as behind the scenes. So even in the young bands I worked at, worked in and worked with, I was doing all the booking, I was doing all the promotion, all that stuff. And I found that that was the part I actually enjoyed more than being on stage. Mm. So plus my musical talent really wasn't that great. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I did just love being in the whole scene. So I kind of found my way on the business side, whether, you know, I was booking a lot of shows around New York City, I uh, was promoting a few bands, you know, across, across the U.S. and just kind of, you know, kept building there. And then, you know, to take it further, I, I went to the uh, Berklee College of Music to uh, kind of get a little more knowledge about it. I have a degree in music business from there, which is came in handy. Uh, although the music industry changes so fast, it's, yeah. you know, it definitely gave me that good basis. So, you know, I'm still doing it today. Now I run Indie Band Guru. Um, yeah. It's a music blog. It's been reviews and whatnot for over a decade now, aging Great. myself. But <laughs> I've kind of moved more recently towards like artist development and artist management and helping kind of coaching artists when I see some of the same mistakes being made for the past decade that I kind of take for granted now. But I guess as a young artist coming up, they didn't have the experiences. So I try to share my knowledge there and I'll get artists on the right track. That's brilliant. What are some of the most common mistakes you see young artists making? A lot of it is just thinking that number one, they're more important than they are, I guess, and that everyone is going to see everything that they put out. And that's just not the case. Mm. And the other side of it is being not personable enough, I guess. It's especially at the beginning, your fans are going to be your friends and your family, but you have to expand that. And when that expands, you have to treat those new fans just like they're your friends too. So it kind of builds that. It's more than just the music nowadays. It's the fans want in on your whole life and you have to be willing to share that with them. 
and there's no more mysterious cloak that you could hide behind in the music yeah. business. Yeah, I've noticed that as well through my career. <clears throat> I've been making music for about 10 years now. And I've seen, you know, just even in that short space of time, how much the music industry's changed and how things used to work. And now the way that things are, they're much more interactive. And I love that. You know, I think it's great for a, an artist to have direct contact with their fans and not to be hidden behind the cloak of the record label and, you know, unapproachable and uncontactable. I mean, obviously, there does reach a stage where you as one single person can't have, you don't have the capacity to answer thousands and thousands of fan emails every day. Um, but I, I kind of, I always like to use Amanda Palmer as a bit of a role model. You know, she says, you know, I read everyone's comments. I can't physically reply to you all, but I read them and please know that I love you and you know that, that it all means so much to me that takes on a little bit more you know to go further what I was saying a lot of artists from the beginning think that they need a manager right away yeah. or a booking agent right away and yeah. you know you have to do it yourself first because if you can't if aren't willing to do it yourself having a manager is not going to help you no, exactly <laughs> so, yeah so if you're willing to put in the work the managers and the booking agents they find you because they see someone yeah. that's willing to do it and willing yeah. to do the work and they know they could, you know, make you more successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I agree so passionately with you because I used to be the artist that wanted the manager to do all the work for me, you know, and unsupr you know, and just as you said, you know, I've made all of the mistakes that you were outlining just previously. I was the artist that, you know, just wanted to concentrate on the music. I didn't want to bother with, you know, having to do all the admin. I got really frustrated that I had to do X, Y, and Z, as well as make all the music, as well as practice, as well as this and that. And I was like, I need a manager, I need a manager, I need a manager. And I didn't need a manager. What I needed was an intern, you know, or an assistant just to help with the admin. And somebody, Steve Palfreyman actually said that to me. Um, and so then, you know, I kind of, I found myself an assistant and, and, and then I found myself an intern. And then, as you say, a manager came and found me. So, yeah, it's, it's I think, um, you know, it's natural for us as creators. And I can see things from the creator's perspective because I am a music artist myself. We get we are so passionate about what we do and we want people to hear what we create and we want to connect with people. But at the same time, we sometimes often <laughs> put the horse, no, the cart before the horse and wonder why we're not going anywhere <laughs> and get really upset about it. <laughs> yeah. and that, that ties into another, uh, one of the big problems we've talked about in the past personally is there's a lot to do as an artist, especially towards the beginning. Yeah. And you have to, you can't do it all at once. You no. have to actually sit down and develop a plan. Yes. And, you know, I've, and that's, you know, one of the, another common issue. I see tons yeah. of artists, they're trying to do everything at once. And when you do that, you end up doing nothing very good. Exactly. So exactly. Every, everything suffers. You have to yeah. make that plan of, okay, today, you know, it's Monday. Today, I'm going to do you know fan interaction and I'm going to spend three hours of my day on social media interacting with fans trying to build the relationships come Tuesday Tuesday I'm going to record all day and you know that's it and just set those parameters and it gets you a lot further than you know getting to your computer and saying okay what do I have to do today yeah, it, it doesn't work that way you know set your plan and it's tough don't get me wrong life gets in the way but if you try to stick with a a plan you'll definitely get a lot further yeah that's and that's something that I emphasize a lot inside daydream believers is have a plan you know don't don't, don't just have a goal because 
it's good to have a goal, but you need a, you need, it's good to have the goal, like the dream of dreams to give you the motivation to do the work, but you need a plan. You need like a day to day plan. And I, after having read the 12 week year a few, a few years ago, um, I just, I, yeah, I just thought, wow, this, this is, this is powerful stuff. And so that's the, that's the kind of formula that I encourage people inside Daydream Believers to follow is, you know, plan for, for 12, every 12 weeks, a 90 day plan. Um, and it is tough because, you know, like you say, you're like, well, how do I know what's going to happen in a month? How do I know if what I'm doing today is going to actually, you know, if I'm planning to do X, Y, and Z in four weeks time, how do I know that I'm actually going to be doing that? How do I know that what I'm doing today is going to result in me doing that in four weeks? And my advice, even to myself, when I'm drawing up my own plans is it doesn't matter if you're not doing that exact thing on that exact day on that part of your plan you know it's it's a it's a it's a kind of living entity in and of itself like things can change and move around but the key thing is that you know what you're doing day to day and you're not just opening your computer and spending two hours on facebook for no no good reason other than chatting to your mates or you know scrolling through your news feeds that's not helping your career to grow <laughs> it happens all the time i mean it, it still happens, happens all the time. same <laughs> You turn it on and there you, you check three emails, but then a notification pops up. Well, that, that's another issue we could talk about notifications, but notification pops up on Facebook. You jump on there and it, an hour passes and you're like, you know, yeah. I didn't get anything done that yeah. I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Totally. You know, I'm a big fan of trying to turn off the notifications when you're working on something too. Because yeah. Distractions are, are a killer. <laughs> they are. Yeah. I, I actually have turned off all the notifications on my phone apart from like, messenger uh, not facebook messenger but like actual sms messages and whatsapp mm -hmm. but when i'm working my phone goes on silent and i put it upside down so i don't i don't get distracted and i time myself when i'm on whatsapp um sorry when i'm on facebook it's like okay half an hour you've got half an hour to go in there do what you need to do answer as many messages as you can and then that's it it goes off after that time yeah. and i don't have i don't let messenger send me notifications because otherwise it just, it's just it's not never ending. You're always distracted. Oh, I know. So what, what's your biggest piece of advice when it comes to kind of formulating a strategic plan? Um, like, like you said as well, have, like have that goal, like know where you want to go and then kind of reverse engineer it, you know, mm. say, okay, I want to be, cause there's a million different careers in this business and that's what I love about it too. Mm. But there's, you could want to be that big artist on a giant stage and that's fine. Or you could just be want to play coffee houses for a career and you could make a good living doing that as well. Mm. So figure out that plan, you know, backtrack a little, I'm going a little too wordy, but have that big plan and then reverse engineer. How, what do I have to do to get there? You know, mm. to play on that big stage, you're going to have to play on smaller stages first. So yeah. kind of realize that, work your way toward the smaller stages, make the connections make the network and then you could reach the bigger stages down the road. But yeah. you know, it's just piece by piece when you back it up, it all comes down to, you know, creating relationships and building mm. trust in fans and industry people. Mm. That's what's going to be the basis of getting to where you want to be. Mm. And that, that actually came up as a big topic for, for discussion during this episode was building relationships and networking. And I know that a few of the dreamers have said, to, you know, said to me on separate occasions, like, how do I do the networking thing? How do I build relationships? And um, I'll go, I'll go on to one question that was submitted by Ron. 
Um, he said, I always find it difficult to build a relationship with people like yourself. Um, what can I do to keep in contact with and learn to be useful to people like you? Well, that's what a, a lot of it too. And I still, you know, take for granted sometimes of that. It's going to sound conceited, but I guess I've kind of become a little well known in the industry as far as coach wise. So um, but at the same time, I'm, we're just, all of us in this business are just normal, regular people from the, even the biggest artists. We're regular people that just want to have normal conversations, mm. you know, and, and have each other be useful to each other. I mean, you got to treat everyone as if they're your friend, not just yeah. you're trying to use them for something, you yeah. know, yeah. as far as, you know, any kind of thing. You don't want to look to them in the, within the first two minutes of a conversation, be, what can you do for me? Like, how can I... You know, you want to be the useful one, especially if, you know, you feel you're a little lower on the totem pole at this point. You want to find your use for them. And mm. at the same time, too, like I said, as a friend, find something that is not related to music that you have a common interest in. Mm. You know, there's, there's things I, you know, I do a lot of stuff. I, I play a lot of sports. I've coached some soccer at one point. Well, football out there. But, <laughs> and it's like someone comes to me and sees a, a video I put of, of coaching my kid's soccer team and wants to talk about that, I'll talk about that for an hour as opposed to when they come to me of like, how can I get to the next level of my career? I kind of, I'll give them five minutes of my time and then it's like, you know, we're going in circles here, but yeah. make that connection of real life. They're real people, connect with them in a real way like you would any friend at a cocktail party. Yeah. I know that a lot of, a lot of kind of us creative types, um, have huge barriers when it comes to talking to strangers let's just say I used to be very I mean I am quite an introverted person and I I realized in my last trip to the states I went to Nam and I realized that I was terrified of networking you know like I, I I went on the first day and I didn't hand out any business cards I didn't really talk to anybody I was just like oh yeah this is cool gear and you know just playing on the synths and stuff and um and I got back and Gary, my mentor, was just like, so how many business cards did you hand out today? And I was just like, yeah, none. And he was just like, we have to address a glass ceiling here. And, we, and I realized, I was like, yeah, I have a phobia of networking, which is weird, you know, because I, I, I actually genuinely really enjoy talking to people. But it's almost like I had this guilty conscience thing running in, my, in the back of my mind of like, well, yes, I do want to connect with you and I do want to chat with you and get to know you. But I do have this kind of ulterior motive. And that was just preventing me from talking to people. So, and I know I'm not alone in that. So how? how <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of it. I, I mean, that's another part of the business. A lot of these conversations and, and um, connections I've made, which this probably won't sound right, but has been by the bar where I'll sit there and order a drink and there'll be some, a random, you know, one, two people standing next to me at the bar. And it's so easy to start a conversation with someone at a bar for some reason to me. Mm -hmm. And you have to take that to the outside as well as just turning in like, Oh, what kind of get involved in conversations instead of just, Hey, what do you do? You know, and just start a random conversation. Oh, that's oh, what are you drinking? Like at a bar? It's Oh, what's what, what drink is that? What are you drinking there? Yeah. At, at a, at the NAM convention, it's like, Oh, you know, what is, have you played that synth before? Like you talk to them about what they do. You know, people yeah. love talking about themselves. So if you start a conversation aimed at them talking about themselves, it makes it a lot easier. That's, that's <laughs> and fantastic. You also have to have, you know, what I've learned from, you know, trying to network too, you have to have that little 
elevator pitch about yourself, mm-hmm. that 20 seconds of, cause they're going to ask you, what do you do within, you know, if they're a normal person, they're going to ask you within the first minute, two minutes of, you know, what do you do? And you have to have, you can't be just stuttering. Um, well, I kind of make music sometimes when I do that. And there's, you have to have that, that written in your brain with, I actually have it in my phone a little memo and every time I'm going to a conference, I read it first before I go there. I just put Amazing. it back in my head. And I know as soon as, you know, the conversation turns to that, I'm like, you know, this You've is got a direct going, answer. You know, and, and you have it in your head. And it's just, mm. and at the end of that 20 seconds, you kind of, you give them the brief synopsis of what you are and who you are. Mm. And it kind of takes the conversation in a different way of mm. how we can help each other. Mm. I think that's such an important piece of the puzzle there because so many, so a lot of people that I know, they get kind of nebulous when you ask them what they do. You're like, oh, well, I don't know. You know, well, I, I you know, kind of write lyrics and I kind of do this and I kind of do that. And you're like, okay, well, and that does, it makes the other person feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, whereas if you're, if you deliver it with confidence, say like, yeah, I'm a music producer and a music artist. I make this type of music and I'm currently working on X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, cool. You know, like, tell me a little bit more like you, tell me a little, little bit more about what you do. Like you said, if they're a normal person <laughs> and not like a complete narcissist, <laughs> they'll generally, they'll generally, um, and genuinely want to be, want to hear more about what, what you're about. Um, That's right. It's, yeah. We're all, we're all a lot more interesting than we think we are. Yeah. It's yeah. like, we all have our own total personality. We're all individual people and we have something to offer the world that no one else could do exactly the way we do it. Yeah. So by being that individual and being, you know, being interesting makes people want to connect with you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Instead of that, you can't be that silent person in the corner or you can't be that yes man with no no answers really to any of their questions. It's, you have to go back and forth and that's what builds the longer term relationships. Mm. And that requires pushing comfort zones, you know, because we're not all natural kind of extrovert socialites. You know, there are a lot of us that are very, well, I, would not, I wouldn't say insecure, but just introverted, you know, yeah. that we do prefer to just sit on the sidelines and listen to other people chat. And <laughs> Especially, I mean, I just did, um, we had the Cape May Singer Songwriter con- Conference a few months ago down here. Mm. And especially like singer songwriters or people not in a full band, they're very introverted. They're very close to the vest with their music, but mm-hmm. you have to get out there and, and kind of break that mold of, mm-hmm. you know, other people want to hear your music. You have to just put it in your head that you are an important person, mm-hmm. you know, whether it, you know, you're not just trying to grab onto someone else and ride coattails. You, you are important and people want to hear what you want to say. Mm-hmm. So just break that barrier and, and say what you need to say to people. And you'll find that the other person you're talking to, is the same person, same kind of person you are, where mm. they're introverted, but you're helping them start a conversation too. That's another yeah, one I love. Exactly. You see another person kind of standing there by themselves at you know a conference or not. You go up and start a conversation with them. You just help them break out of their little shell, just like you were trying to break out of your shell. Yeah. So now so you true. have you have that like team. I've done this, you know, early early days. You find that one person that looks kind of lost as you are. And you kind of start a conversation with them and they're more than willing to help, you know, help break out of their shell, help you break out of your shell. And then you kind of have a team. Now there's two of you that could go up to other people and it makes it easier when you have that team next to you, because if the conversation is 
the idea doesn't, isn't in your wheelhouse and you don't know what it's talking about, a lot of times that new friend of yours can kind of lead the conversation there and, and keep building it up. Mm. And, you know, I've turned little, you know, meeting one person into, you know, late nights of hanging down in a, a conference room, you know, with, with 20 people that I did not know any of them. And now we're all just hanging out, you know, sharing ideas and, you know, it might be three in the morning by that time, but you know, we might be a little inebriated, but we're all having a good time and, and knowing each other at that point yeah. and grabbing business cards, Liz. Don't forget to grab those business yes, cards. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> grab, grab and give. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that takes two. I mean, I've done a lot of conferences in the last few years in particular, and a lot of it is I meet a ton of people and I give out my business card to a ton of people. And then the weekends, you know, the weekend ends, I should say, you get back to your work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And if I gave out, let's say a hundred cards, I'll hear back from 10, 15 people. Mm. You have to do that following up as well. Yes. It, yeah. You know, they're not going to remember you from that one conversation. And that follow up isn't, you know, it's an email. So now you have their email address on that card. You email them with, it was really awesome meeting you, ex explain when you meet them, how you met them, what you talked about yeah. without giving it. So how can you help me by the end of the email? Just that first email is, is really nice meeting you. Oh, I hope we can stay in touch and just cut it off at that. And 95 times out of 100, they're going to email, respond back to you, you know, with a simple thing. And then you kind of, you, you open that door instead of just, when I get the emails, you know, from, let's say I get those 10, 15 good ones, I'll get another 10 emails of, you know, great meeting you. So how can you manage me now? I'm like, no, that's, that's not, that's not how it works. I don't want to work with someone like that. Anyway, yeah. it's don't just, you know, try to use me. I feel, I don't like feel used. I don't think anyone likes feeling used yeah, yeah. So, But if you open that door and, and make a connection of, you know, we sat down in that conference room and we, we BSed about, I don't know about soccer. I keep up, keep bringing that up because I was at the world <laughs> cup parade yesterday. Oh, so <laughs> we, if we talk about that, you know, it'll, it opens that whole new angle of the conversation and you could take it from there to anywhere and you could always lead back to what your goal is too. It's, I don't know. I learned, I ended up talking, talking a lot and I talk over myself and I'll, I'll go in circles a little bit, but the bottom line is I'm, I'm talking and I'm interacting with people, which is, going to be the most important thing in the long run yes i think you know in my experience as well people don't necessarily want to work with you because you're talented i mean that's obviously a, a part of their motivation but the bigger part of their motivation is is they that they'd actually like who you are as a person and so yeah it's it's, it's a bit like dating you know you're not going to go up to somebody and you know like go in for the jugular within the first few seconds of meeting them you know you're going to be like hey hey how are you you're going to get to know them are they nice what you know what are they into i've learned that you know networking when you know when the insecurities do start to come in i just just kind of like well you know like you said in the beginning just pretend like you're making a new friend you know like hey how are you you know like just start start and I find actually in America it's a lot easier to start a conversation with somebody than like um over in in the UK I find Americans a lot more open a lot more bubbly and you know often people just say like how can I help you and I'm like oh well um you know you rarely get that in 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 Europe you know like <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been over there for any business stuff yet, so I really don't know how it is over there. But, you know, the UK people that do come over here, you know, I've been up in Toronto for uh, Indie Music Week and things down here. Like, they, they seem all fun and bubbly, but I haven't been on the other side of the pond. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it has been a while since I've been to a, like a UK based networking event but at NAMM I was just so like so blown away with how friendly people were and how open people were to you know yeah mm -hmm. just chatting yeah well that's why we're all we're all there for the same reason really is to yeah. make contacts and connections so yeah. you know if you could find something to start the conversation they want to have a conversation as well so yeah, yeah exactly you know, exactly I don't know if you know Reverb Nation yeah uh, yeah, it's Lou, Lou Playa is the CEO of the company. You know, he started the company 15 years ago, you know, multimillionaire. Met him randomly, like through, I was hanging out with another friend, Sue, Suzanne, and she kind of introduced me to him. And now, like, I talk to him all the time and we're best friends. He, he likes to drink whiskey, so we've drank some whiskey together. Amazing. And I have to take myself back at times, I'm like, he's much further in the music industry than me. He's a multimillionaire and he's just my friend and I could, you know, shoot him a text or ask him anything and he would get back to me. And it, it took a minute to build that up, but it's just, if you hang around people, you know, like people, you'll, you'll make those connections and you'll just make more and more. And it kind of just spreads. The network spreads once you get it going, it becomes yeah. like a, like a spider web, so to speak. Yeah. Um, as soon as you start crawling out a little further from your comfort zone, You'll meet someone who knows another person and having that um, someone introduce you to someone else also gives you a big, big leg up Absolutely. as far as trying to reach out to them cold. If yeah. you could have someone that you know that might not be the best friend of another person, but knows them in general and can just, you know, drop your name in an email, it kind of gives you that little step forward where, you know, okay, I'm going to, the other person will take you a little more seriously and you have to take it from there and become, you know, that friendly person that they enjoy talking to. Would you be up for sharing your elevator pitch with us? Ah, oh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I thought of it as you were saying it. I'm going to look it up right now because I don't even have it in my head because I haven't been to a conference in a month and a half. Okay, yeah, here, this is the one I've used. Hey, I'm going to read it off my phone, so don't mind me looking down. Okay. But, um... You know, I'm, I'm Keith from Iran Indie Band Guru for over the past 10 years. It's an online music magazine. We share thousands of music reviews and we've moved more recently to sharing our knowledge through articles and guides and to help artists rise above the crowded independent music scene. So we're kind of taking that to the next level now. And I was launching something else. I'm launching the Knowledge to Get Known campaign, which is kind of my artist coaching program. And I would go into that. You know, I recently launched my Knowledge to Get Known program, focused on helping artists and building real income streams and helping them grab a true career. And I really, I've just been having so much fun with it. And that's it. You know, it was a little wordy because I stopped there, but it's 20, 30 seconds of this is what I've done. Mm -hmm. Like you give that five seconds of what I've done, where I'm at and where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And then kind of tie it and try to tie it into what, what they do or how you could help them or how they can help you. Mm, that's amazing thanks for sharing that with us like, no problem yeah it's got to be updated a little now that I look at it but it's <laughs> the basics are still there <laughs> yeah yeah that's brilliant well, I, I really hope that that's helped um, listeners get a bit better a, a bit of a better idea about how to network from the heart you know to create long-lasting relationships and be friendly that's my other big tip about that just be yeah. friendly and you'll be yeah. surprised <laughs> yeah absolutely would you say that going to events like NAM or you know other conferences is the best way to meet people versus trying to do everything online yes yeah. <laughs> in, in a short term and I know it's not feasible for everyone to get to you know a ton of conferences or whatnot but 
having that face-to-face -face connection, I think is a lot better than just that online connection. Physically shaking someone's hand, I think creates a better connection than opening an email any day of the week. Yeah. So yeah. you do have to try to get to these things. And even in, in towns, there's, there's networking groups. Um, yeah. There's, um, trying to think of the name of one, but there's one out of Nashville. I know that it started in Nashville at the balanced breakfast. It was called. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. A bunch of people started getting together and now it's expanded to, you know, cities all over the globe. Of yeah. just, we're going to go out we're going to have brunch and we're going to meet new people. And yeah. we're all in that same network and it's, yeah. you know, find things like that and putting your face in front of someone else's face helps, helps a lot. But at the same time, you have to follow up and then it becomes an online relationship, so to speak, mm -hmm. because you're not going to see them all the time. You know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. But having that first meeting in face, I think is the important part. Yeah. And then just remember to follow up. Yes. Yeah. For, I think the following up is as essential as, <laughs> as the be nice. Yeah. So many times, um, you know, people they're like, yeah, great. I've got like all these business cards and they'll like, just put them on the shelf. And, you know, almost half expect the people that they've exchanged the business cards with to be the ones to contact them. And then lo and behold, nobody contacts them. They get all despondent and discouraged and frustrated. So, yeah, like if you're going to go out and network, make sure you're following up. You're, you're you know. I recall a lot of the, <laughs> you know, looking aside, I'm down in my office now and looking at all the stuff that, you know, I have tossed around. But I remember a lot of the first conferences I went to, I would come back with, they always have the gift bags and stuff. So I'd come back with a gift bag full of business cards and CDs. And I would put it there and a week would go by, two weeks would go by. And, <laughs> and a lot of it was that insecurity that you mentioned of yeah. like, I don't know what to say to them. What do I say? Yeah. yeah. And once you break that of just take out the cards, put in that time block of, yeah. okay, two hours, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow up yeah. and just, Put yourself out there and yeah. one after another, not a form letter. Please don't send form letters with changing the name on top. That drives me insane. But, you know, create that personal, like, this is how we met. You know, yeah. and even if you don't remember, you bring up this, oh, we were at this conference together. I think we talked for a moment. That's all it takes to really yeah. break through that, that barrier of, you know, even on the, on the blog side, you know, for my music blog, people are... I get about 120 to 130 emails a day from, you know, bands looking for coverage. Obviously I cannot physically read all of those yeah, emails. Yeah. So, you know, having that connection of like, Oh, I remember them because they actually spoke to me, yeah. you know, that it gets them right through the top of the line. And you know, it's, it's a crowded business, but if you set yourself apart, you rise above really quick. So yeah. Yeah. You know, set yourself apart as a good person. I mean, as you yeah. say, you know, don't, don't be a jerk. It sounds simple, but yeah. be a good person and don't be a jerk. There's absolutely. no reason to do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I remember once saying to somebody, you know, if you want to become an A-lister and rise to the top in, in your game, you have to have an A-lister mentality. And I don't mean walk around thinking like you're a celebrity and that everyone has to fall at your feet. I mean, you have to be a meticulous, upstanding, very conscious human being. Um, you know, who, who, who pays attention to detail. And by that, I don't just mean making, you know, double checking your punctuation in your emails. I also mean, you know, the detail of how you interact with people. What's your body language like? What's your use of language like? Um, how are you making the other person that you're interacting with feel? And all of those sorts of things. Um, and a lot of that is, it's not easy. You know, no, it's not. It's, it's really challenging. 
<laughs> it's, it's a learned skill. And the only way to get better at a learned skill is to practice. Exactly. You gotta keep doing it as yeah. uncomfortable as it may be in the beginning. If you keep doing it, it becomes much easier. And yes. you know, that's what we're always trying to do. Just like learning to play an instrument. You didn't yeah. pick up a guitar and just, you know, we're a rock star. I still have a guitar sitting back behind me that I still don't know how to play well. But, <laughs> you know, I'll put in the time. If I put in the time on it, like I put in the time on the music business side, you know, I know I'd be an expert musician. So yeah, yeah, put, in the time, put in the work. Yeah. 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 And I think it's also a case of having the discipline, you know, because musicians have the discipline to sit down and become masters at their craft, whether it's, you know, writing songs, playing the guitar, playing the piano, singing, for me, producing music. You know, I've put in thousands, probably tens of thousands of hours in to become at a level I'm at now. And I've still got tens of thousands of hours more to go, but I'm committed to putting that work in. I'm disciplined, you know, like I will sit down and do my work. And I often encounter creatives are not so disciplined in the other side of things, in the networking and, you know, the business side of things. So it's about cultivating that, that discipline to pay as much attention to and give as much of your energy and love to the business. Even though it may not float your boat as much as playing your guitar, it's, it, is, it, is, it is just as important as playing your guitar or writing those songs. Yeah, I've been fighting that. I feel like that's a stereotype that's just been put on the music industry for a million years that either... You're a super introvert that only wants to write songs and do nothing else. And so people assume that's what I can do. I could just write songs and do nothing else. Yeah. But they put themselves into that box, which, yeah, which is exactly. really limiting. You can't be there, right? Not in yeah. today's society. You definitely can't exactly, be there. Exactly, exactly. Like said, it might have been different, you know, years ago when someone would discover you, you know, and do everything for you. But those days are, are long gone now, so have to do all the work yourself and enjoy the work. That's the other part of it. Yeah. Enjoy the work as much as you enjoy playing your instrument because yeah. it's, it's fun getting out there and, and doing what you want to do. Yeah. You know, you realize you see people, you know, I, I was in Manhattan yesterday and just with my, with my kids at a parade and I'm seeing people on their way to work on a Monday morning or Wednesday morning, I should say. And it's just, I couldn't do that nine to five, just working and, and looking I don't know. I don't want to say miserable, but it's just like they're just struggling to go to work, to go home and, and rest because they're tired from working all day. Mm -hmm. So if you could turn your work as a music professional, as an uh, producer, as everything into fun, it's not really working anymore. It's, you're actually mm -hmm. doing something you enjoy. And, you know, you could do that 15, 20 hours a day like I think we both have. It doesn't phase me to, to work a 20-hour day if I'm doing right. something that I enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I totally <laughs> agree. Have fun with it. Yeah. To, and, and I think, you know, that that ties in a lot with mindset, which is something that I talk about quite a lot. And it's, you know, you can, okay, you can look at that pile of business cards that you spent an entire weekend accruing and go, oh my God, I don't want to do this. This is so boring. Or you can look at it and go see the potential and say, wow, this is so exciting. I have all of these amazing people now to connect with who may open a ton of doors for me you know but it doesn't matter if they don't i'm going to do this work anyway you're in control of what happens inside your head and you're in control of how you approach the work that you need to do so choose to do it joyfully choose to do it with gratitude you know like it's up to us <laughs> and even if you like i said about the top blocking time take an hour you know if it's something yeah. that you don't really feel comfortable or love to do take a half hour and say okay for this half hour 
this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to enjoy it for that half an hour. It's not going to be a chore, so to speak. It's going to be what I'm doing for this half hour to advance my career. Yeah. And if you treat it like that, you know, it gets easier over time. Then you do it. Oh, okay. I could do this for an hour next time. Yeah. And it's all practice and repetition, just like playing an instrument. It keeps coming back to that. Just like playing your scales. (laughs) All the same. You know, my, my daughter is, is um, taking piano lessons now. She's five and she loved once. If the piano is not in front of her, she'll never think about it. But when, when I bring her down, our piano is downstairs, I bring her down there to see it. And then she'll want to play for two hours. Amazing. And like you said, she knows about two scales, but she'll just keep playing those two scales because it's, it's fun for her when she yeah. sees it. But yeah. you have to set that time aside, which I'm trying to teach her now, which is hard with a five-year-old. But <laughs> hey, for, for 20 minutes a day, let's go downstairs and just practice your piano. Yeah. And she has no, ta- no problem when she's reminded and it's time to go down. Yeah. But it, just to think of it, as we said, just opening your computer and thinking you're going to know what to do, that, that doesn't work. You have to kind of no, have exactly. that plan of this is what I'm going to do for this time. And, you know, you get so much further. It's just... Yeah. It's amazing to me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that actually just popped an idea into my head. If you are somebody who really cannot discipline yourself enough or you don't have enough self-control to, to do what you've assigned yourself to do, talk to somebody that you trust about what you're trying to achieve and have them be your accountability buddy or accountability partner or whatever, or just have them hold you accountable. Um, so, yeah, you know, if it's okay, look, just please remind me that at two o'clock I have to sit down and email these people for half an hour and just please don't let me move from my desk um, until I've done it. So be it, you know, we've all got somebody in our lives that I'm sure was, is prepared to help us do that. So yeah. another person for that is great is people you meet that are doing the same thing. You meet other musicians. Yeah. I've had it when I was trying to, trying to build this business of another person trying to build their business a little differently, but it was once or twice a week, we would just get on the phone with each other. So every Monday morning, we would have a call. And because I knew I was having that scheduled call every Monday, I made sure when I saw like the weekend coming, you know, I should have done stuff all week, but now it's Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, oh crap, I have this call on Monday and I'm going to have to tell her that I got something done. So now it, you know, puts a fire under my ass, so to speak. Yeah, to yeah, absolutely. Done. Yeah. And it, it, it helps tremendously to you know, push the envelope and push, yeah. push myself to get things done, you know, have that accountability partner, so to speak of yeah. you know, whether it's someone, a friend, which is tough because friends will always tell you you're doing great, but yeah. have, someone, have someone that's not really your friend, someone, another musician, someone else in the industry that could tell you, Hey, you know, you should have done this and you didn't. So kind of, yeah. Kind of beat you up a little bit because you yeah, need that. Yeah, yeah. Tough love. Tough love. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a little tough love. No, no, no. There's a time and a place for tough love. Absolutely. <laughs> like you said, it's, it's taking it and, you know, we're all doing what we love. So, yeah. you know, put in the work and you will get to where you want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, that, that was an awesome question, answer to Ron's question. Ron, I hope you've are able to apply the gold that was offered during that. <laughs> it was a lot, Ron. We're sorry, but <laughs> a lot not just you. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the questions do we have? Yeah, well, Patrick kind of asked a similar thing, saying I tried hard at networking at IT, but failed to make long-term working relationships. Um, any tips on harvesting meaningful networking relationships? And I think, you know, we definitely covered how to do that <laughs> in answering Ron's question. It's just like you said, find those random connections that you could talk about, you know, as aside from the IT work. So talk about something different than the work yeah. and you'll yeah. create that friend where yeah. your friend is better off. And, you know, show, add your value to them. Before you ask them for something, be willing to say, what can I do for you? That opens up relationships quickly. Yeah, you know? yeah, it really does. And everything else we just answered with Ron's question. Try that all together. <laughs> yeah. <should> be fine. <laughs> yeah yeah so Patrick I hope that helps as well I hope that helps your question we've kind of also touched on Matthew's question which is what is Keith's approach for planning for a goal and he says you know we focused a lot on the 12-week approach um, in the group providing small milestones to keep motivated for larger goals how would you keep your eyes on the prize to guarantee success well that's you know like I said I mentioned actually have those goals that we talked about and write down your goals there's mm. something I mean We've all read it in all the good books of changes the goal when you actually write it down on paper. Yeah. When it's in your head, it just floats around and does nothing. When it's on paper, it just becomes something else. Yeah. And I write goals down on my desk and they just sit there you know, on a piece of paper and they don't move from my desk. And every time I sit at my desk, I see those goals and it kind of directs that, okay, I can't put an hour into Facebook right now. I have to go toward that goal. Just because yeah. it's written there and it pops into my head again. So have those goals. And I actually took some notes on that one too. Just make sure every day you're doing something to move the needle forward a little bit. Mm. You know, whether it be yeah. answering emails or what. Take, you know, even on the days when we feel like we have no, no time, you know what, if we're in a car, we could be anywhere. Take out your phone and, and go on social media and answer some fans, talk, start some conversation, just do something every day to kind of keep that career going forward. Mm -hmm. And it builds on itself. Even if you can only put in that five, 10 minutes on a specific day, you know, be willing to do that. And you'll see that it becomes a habit of yeah. every day you're doing something to move your career further and you know, toward that goal, I should say. Mm -hmm. you know, if you're doing something every day to move toward that goal, you know, you're going to reach that big goal. Yeah. You know, look for those small goals as well. That's another aspect that, you know, we've all read the same books. Let's, but yeah. <laughs> they do, you know, hit a lot of this, the real points of like, have that big goal. It's all the way up here. And then have your little staggered goals to get there. Yeah. I mean, that's like I said about reverse engineering. To play on that big stage, you have to play in the smaller stage. And to play in that smaller stage, you have to, you know, work your way into promoters' minds. And it just try to reach those little goals. And you'll, you'll see that as you reach them, it becomes so much easier to get to the next goal. Yeah. But don't just say, I'm going to play on a big stage tomorrow. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no, so, exactly. You have to be realistic in your goals as well. Yeah. So yeah. You know, when you set up small goals to toward your big goal, you know, that's my best advice for, for reaching your goals. Yeah, yeah. I really like, sometimes um, what I find really useful is have like a, a movable vision board. So like have, um, have, your, have like a, uh, your big goal there in the middle and then have like three-year goal there as well and you know kind of what I need to do in this year to get to the three-year goal and then like I like to move things around a bit as well so like the, the 
even my big vision changes, you know, often it changes form and it's just like, well, okay, I have several big visions. What do I want to work towards first? Because I know that actually in order to get to this big vision, I need to get this big vision first. So, okay, let's bring that to center stage now. And then what do I need to be doing? Yeah, you know, like you say, reverse engineering. And I'll be like, okay, well, big goal here written down, then that step there, then that step there, then that step there. And okay, so this is what I need to be doing over the next few months. And yeah, just I just have it plastered on my studio wall. And so like whenever I'm down here, sometimes I do get the 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 temptation to go on Facebook rather than writing music happens. So I just look at that. And I'm like, no, no, now is my studio time. And that really yeah, just like helps. You have that list of, obviously there's steps toward goals, but there's also tasks that you have to do. And I, yeah. I, I live by my phone because this is, it's always next to me. So I'll think of something I need to do. I'll just put it in a little task list. Yeah, yeah. And when I'll sit down, I'm like, all right, what? I don't know what to do today. I don't have time to do one of the goals I want to do. I'll open up my task list and say, okay, I need to knock these three tasks out. I'll do that. Yeah. And those tasks are related to the goal. Maybe not that stepping stone to the goal, but if I could get those tasks out of the way, more time to focus on something else later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got like a task board on Asana um, and I'm mm -hmm. always like adding to it, moving it around, adding another piece to it, you know, so that like anything that pops into my head, like you just goes onto that task board and I've got like a, an ideas kind of column and like just ideas go onto that and then I can move it onto another column when it's time to start implementing that idea. But, you know, then you free your mental space up for other stuff as well. You're not just kind of have things rattling around inside your head all the time. Okay. There's too much there. You have to get it out. I mean, some yeah. of the most famous songwriters ever, if you speak to them about how they write songs, is they'll wake up in the middle of the night with just a random dream idea and they'll have a piece of paper or now yeah. in today's society, a memo phone that they just record in yeah. right then and then go back to sleep. Yeah. And they'll come to that tomorrow and it's there so they could yeah. pursue it. Yeah. When we just think it in our head, there's so yeah. much other stuff going on in there, yeah. you know, especially yeah. in this head. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got to get things down on paper and it makes it get them out of your head a little bit. Yeah. Gives them, makes them real, so to speak. Yeah, totally. You all have dreams, but if you don't actually put a goal in, you know, put a plan in place to reach those dreams, they're just dreams. They're just dreams, exactly. I say pretty much exactly the same thing inside Daydream Believers on a weekly basis. <laughs> Like I said, we, you know, we all think the same when we want to move forward. It's the people yeah. that don't think like this are still sitting there staring at Facebook. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Wondering why our interview on Facebook. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Matt also has another couple of questions and he, he says, which is something we haven't touched on yet is if funds are low for employing a PR firm, what steps can we take to help engage with new fans? Uh, are we limiting our success with the go it alone approach? And when is the right time to engage with a professional PR team? Right. That's, you know, excellent question. Yeah. And like we kind of did mention before, you have to be willing to do it yourself first. Yeah. That, that PR work yourself. And when it's small, you know, there's no reason to bring in a PR. If, if I don't know, if you can go out and pack a room of only 100 people, you're not ready for a PR firm, so to speak, yet. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to do that work yourself. And that means, you know, a lot of it is social media nowadays mm -hmm. and just making contacts, connections, talking to people, being genuine, you know, always responding to comments. Yeah. If you put a post and people, Come, I'll take their own personal time to comment on your post. You owe them to respond to their comment. Yeah. Whether it be whether it be thank you so much, and that that's 
even that, yeah. you know, and even the people that just click like, that's, that's not enough anymore. You have to respond back to them to build that fan. There's all, you know, we all have, we all follow, a, you know, a ton of people and just scroll, scroll, scroll. But, you know, I'll scroll through 20 people and then I'll see one that I actually had a conversation with even on social media. And it, it stopped me for a second to say, oh, I've talked to this person once, once or twice. This has become a, I'm still trying to do this word. Someone's going to help me one day. I want to combine a word of friend and fan because that's what it has to be. It's friends. I don't know. (laughs) But that's what, especially at the beginning, that's what you have to be. These people have to be your fans as well as your friends. Yeah. You have to let them into your real life, you know, because there's more than just the music and they become your friend. And when it, when it gets to the point, as far as getting PR, when you reach the point where physically you don't have the time to comment, to respond to everyone, that's when you have to look into a PR firm. You know, you have to do all the work yourself until you can't do all the work yourself anymore. Yeah. I mean, even on, on the, my, my website side, I was doing all the email responses myself when it came in. And once we started reaching, you know, 70, 80, 100 emails a day, I had to bring in, you know, an editor and an intern to kind of help me handle that because it just wasn't physically possible, mm-hmm. you know, but there's no excuse for doing it yourself first. It ties back into the management or whatnot. You have to be willing to do the work or it's useless. If you're not willing to do this connections and fan interaction, having the best PR firm in the world isn't really going to help you no, because absolutely. they'll get you out there. But now when these people see, see your music and try to talk to you and you not responding back to them, they forget about you in a heartbeat. Yeah. So be yeah. willing to do the work and then everything comes together. Yeah. You know, do it first and then you'll see how PR, you know, PR will even come to you sometimes, just like a booking yeah. agent or a manager. They'll come yeah. to you saying, oh, we see you got something going on. I think we can help. Yeah, exactly. And what's your, what's your advice for um, artists doing their own PR work? Because it's, it is a saturated market and, you know, very few kind of, I guess, publications have the capacity you know like you say you know you receive hundreds of emails every day just for indie band guru alone how does an artist break through if they if they haven't met you face to face it's just create that connection and relationship and even you know we'll go back to individual pitching a blog or you know a a playlist or come to that person I, i mentioned before do not do the template form email that yeah. you just send to everyone please stop doing that yeah yeah those i delete those right away yeah, as soon as course. i see something or you know if, to whom it may concern at the top line oh no right away <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Take the time to find out who you're reaching out to yeah and in that first email you know let's say it's it's a music blog let them know you actually looked at their blog yeah you know what if it's you know i cover all all types of music so it doesn't matter as much but if you're looking, if you're pitching your, your singer-songwriter music to a blog that covers you know, hard rock and metal, obviously that's useless. Yeah, and you didn't yeah. take the time to see what they really do. So yeah. it's gone. I've, uh, there's all these lists you could buy. You could buy databases all, everywhere on the internet of hundreds of thousands of contacts. Yeah. But you could, e- you could email these 5,000 contacts with that mass email, or you could email 500, not even, let's say 200, and that you actually did a little bit of research about, and you try, maybe you commented on what they're doing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you look yeah. at their blog and say, oh, I saw you wrote an article about whoever, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's so funny how that it's a mental thing of mm. when you as a blogger just a regular person you know when they know that the person took the time and actually looked at something and commented on something that they did that they made they're not a musician but they're a writer let's say and you took the time to comment on what they wrote it's it blows their mind because it's yeah. not done often enough yeah absolutely so, you know, that's for for opening pr i mean i went on a little tangent but be willing to do the research and respond without a pitch to them don't say hey this is my music the first email to them should be i found your blog here mm-hmm. i found this article that you wrote about whomever you know i really enjoyed it yeah. that's it end yeah. and a lot of times you'll get a random response back thank you so much once they email you back you've got them yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. once they email once they bite that line now that's there you're much higher than that list of 5000 contacts that just yeah. mass email them because now they're you're creating that relationship it yeah. always comes back to relationships yeah so i would rather have that reaching out to 200 people that i you know interacted with a little bit that 200 versus that 5000 mass email you're going to get better response better results with that 200 Absolutely. You know, they're going to give a crap about you because you gave a crap about them. them. Exactly. It's just a reciprocal thing, which I'd say, Matt, requires a little bit of forward planning and a little bit of organization. So like, don't wait until you're ready to launch the PR campaign, you know, like go spend some time networking with with blogs that you want to get featured on, connecting with them, commenting on their posts, absorbing their content, absorbing their content and getting on their radar as someone who is a fan. (laughs) And then, you know, once you've built up a database, you know, like make a note of the people that have responded to you. And then when you're ready to send out your track or your album or whatever, you've already established that relationship rather than going in like cold. So, yeah. So it's funny they'll see that email you know we all have the not the subject line but the uh who it's from yeah and when i'm scrolling and i'll see someone oh i've i've talked to them before i'll open that one it's yeah. just it's common i don't know something in everyone's brain if they yeah. see something that they're familiar with they're going to yeah. open that and check yeah. it out exactly the, you know 75 other ones that i have no idea who you are yeah exactly <laughs> and that's where you know we'll keep going a little further um, a subject line is very important. I mean, yeah. if you see PR firms and emails, let's say, reaching out to bloggers, playlisters, that subject line has to be catchy, not yeah. just the same ones you see over and over again, you know, or even your name and your music. That's, that's not really going to catch my attention. Yeah. But, um, you know, something exclusive, people, something in people's heads, if they see something that's exclusive, they want to check it out. Um, something premiering, they want to check it out. Yeah. You know, I can say from my own experience and most of the, you know, music writers that I've talked to, we're kind of music snobs and we want to discover music first. Yeah. So you put in their head like this is, you know, first listen to this music. It you know, we'll listen to that a little more often. So it's a little Yeah. yeah. So like give it a promo period where you're only Exactly. I yeah. you know, if I open email and I see that the album came out six months ago it's going to kind of drop to the bottom of my, you know, to-do list because it's, it's already out there. It's already gone. People already discovered it. Yeah. You know, we wanted to introduce people to new music that nobody knows about yet. Yeah, exactly. You know, we yeah. want, you know, Coldplay to say, oh, we were first discovered on Indie Band Guru. You know, yeah. it's, that's what we want. So yeah. help yourself, help them, help yeah. them, help yourself either way that's brilliant brilliant advice thanks Keith and I mean like a really good example is 
how you and I got in touch. You know, we were interacting, you know, kind of directly and indirectly through the Music Launch Hub for mm. a, a while, you know, a couple of years, probably. <laughs> and then, you know, and then when my album was out, I kind of was like, hey, Keith, you know, would you be up for writing an article? And you were like, yeah, sure, you know, because we already it's knew each other. So it, it's, yeah. it's so simple and common sense, but it's, just, it's not done. Yeah, you know, exactly. Being, there's a million of we could go into the social media and Facebook groups be in those groups and be seen in those groups comment on other people's stuff yeah. you know put your name and it's when you see the same names pop up in the comments on all these different things those names stick with you you yeah. know it's, you know I'll take you as the example I've seen that you were involved so I it also adds to my help on it is I know that Liz is going to put in the work yeah. Like, you know, if I write an art, a great article that takes me, you know, a bunch of time and listening time and I write the article and then I see that the artist didn't share it at all, didn't do anything about it. It's, you know, that didn't help me at all either. Yeah. I want someone that's going to push, push the article that I wrote. You know, it's, we want, we all want our work to get out there, whether it's exactly. music, writing, production, exactly. we want our music to get out there. So Mm-hmm. We want to help have people help people that help each other. Brilliant. And like I said, be that name that's that's being seen, you know, that it's just funny. I mean, I use, you know, I think I'm I'm a little older, so I'm more into Facebook and like Snapchat or any of those. I don't use Snapchat. But on Facebook, it's the names are there. Before every comment, you'll see the name. And when the name just there's that the science to it of um whether it's music or name or anything a person has to see or hear something they say seven or eight times before it actually enters their brain wow so when seeing that name there seven or eight times it's like okay i don't know exactly why i know this name or why i know this song but i know it and it must be good because and you've heard it seven or eight times you've seen it seven or eight times and that's yeah. when it, it kind of finally sinks in yeah that's why the popular music how it was is they push certain songs and the radio station will play the same song every hour. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be Paola. We don't know what goes behind the scenes there, but that's why they play the same songs because they want those songs to get in your head. And once they're in your head, that's it. You know, now you want to hear it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. Be repetitive and just simple things of, like I said, a simple comment, even liking things, just being that, good person instead of just using people for other stuff you know will get you a lot further and create yeah. those connections that will you know help your career blast off brilliant advice i hope that helps matt and he he actually asks another question regarding writing music for sync specifically do you need an audience other than licensing firms uh, licensing firms and music supervisors if you are writing for sync sync is something i'm not that well versed in okay I mean, it's there and I know it's it's something that is you know another great income stream but you got to take it as far as what you want to do if your goal is to write for sync you have to be writing songs every day every week you need new songs if you're writing for fans and to build a, a fan relationship you have to write those songs and then get out there and play them for those people yeah you know with with sync and the commercial songs you hear on commercials those people have libraries of hundreds of hundreds of songs yeah. and one song got selected. It wasn't yes. like they put it out an album of 10 songs and two of those songs got selected. That's, that's not usually how it works. No. So you have to be, there's a different mentality in writing for sync and licensing and yeah. you can do both. There's, there's nothing wrong with doing yeah, both. You can, you well, can writing as much as you can and creating albums and getting out there. And you know, at the same time you can be playing to an audience of, you know, 50 people in your local pub 
And one of those people might have a connection, you know, to a licensing firm. Yeah, and exactly. it's, you know, it's just, so it can go both ways, but the most important thing I think is just write as much music as you can. And at the same time, get out there and try to perform that music for people. Our last question <laughs> is from Zaviso, and he asks, I've just started promoting my own nightclub event. I would like to know if you have any advice when it comes to the business side of things. Simply put, how would I run it like a business? And he says, I know this could be very broad, so a few pointers would be really helpful. <laughs> you know, it comes back. I, I ran a full-time booking company 12 years ago now. It was, my name is Keith Profeta and it was no better booking. Someone gave me that nickname and it stuck and, you know, it did very well. And we booked all over New York and, and Brooklyn and Long Island over here uh, and did a couple East Coast tours for some bands and, and I lost where I was going. But booking itself is, it's a job and you have to take it very seriously. Mm. And the two pointers I could say on that, and now I'm running a, a monthly nightclub event myself. Oh, cool. Here, but it's make sure that, the venue, the artist, everyone knows exactly what's expected of them. Mm. That's the biggest point because, you know, I've had a small local venue that does not have mic stands. They have a full PA with no mic stands. So I have to make sure I tell the artist to bring their mic stands right. because I've had artists show up without a mic stand because it only happens once and then I'll never let it happen again. Yeah. But, Put up with our mic stand. So basically, he had his girlfriend hold the microphone in front of his mouth as he was playing guitar the whole song. And that's a good girlfriend. So, wow, you know, that's a really good girlfriend. <laughs> but just know what's, what you need to bring. Let, I mean, I, for now, I have a, uh, it is a template. It's a template form of what the venue has that is going to be there, what your time slot is going to be, mm -hmm. what your pay is going to be. Everything has to be very uh, on paper and out there. Yeah. Because it's just people misunderstand things very easily. Yeah. But if it's on paper and you could send them the same thing that the venue has, the same thing that the, the audience has, the same kind of space, everyone needs to know every aspect of the show. Mm. Is, mm. And is, for it to be a written, written, not verbal agreements as right. well, even if it's just right. an email. People take things, even if you try to do it through like text conversation. Yeah, I don't no, that no, no, no. Emails are okay, but like text, no, it's too informal. I say I like to send an email and have that attachment to it. Yeah. Of like this is the rules, the rules of the road. Yeah. You know, you need to be here by eight thirty p.m. Yeah. Uh, you you need to keep playing until midnight. Like just simple things, because then it comes back to me on the other end of the venue will call me the next day and say, "Hey, I thought he was going to play till midnight. He left at eleven o'clock, and now the venue is upset with me." Mm -hmm. as, the, mm -hmm. as the booker mm -hmm. and now i have to be upset with the the artist if, if everything's out there in front you run into a lot less of these problems absolutely you know as far as with money as well have everyone know you know have the venue know what they're required to pay you mm -hmm. and have the artist know what they're expected to get yeah you know, there could always be tip cups and that stuff is on the side but you know make everyone be aware of what there is yeah you know and it, as far as taking it as a business you have to be friendly, but kind of stern as well. Yeah. You know, you can't let, you can't be wishy-washy, so to speak. Yeah. There's a, there's a rule. That's, that's your rule. And that's, that's it. You can't yeah. really, you know, most rules can't just be pushed aside and broken for individuals because then it just leads to more individuals wanting to change 
change what you're running to suit them. And, you know, if you're running the event, it's your event, take full control, you know, have your set rules and, and that's it, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and it's, you know, you got to kind of be, kind of be a jerk sometimes when it comes to this, you know, but, yeah. you know, but being, being not wishy-washy is, you know, be decisive Absolutely. and stick with your decisions. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And how, what, what would your advice be for somebody promoting a new event? Like, are there any fundamental pointers that you could recommend in terms of getting your night out there? Some basic rules that somebody could follow? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, a lot of it is social media. A lot of it for events. I, I run Facebook ads for events. It's just to get it in front of the right people. Um, but not just, see, they got to dive a little deeper too. It's not just a Facebook ad to put it in front of more people. You want to be specific of people in this area that like this kind of music. Yeah. You know, be specific and yeah. narrow down what you're looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really narrow down. Funnel, so to speak. Yeah. You'll reach a lot more people yeah. there. Yeah, a lot more people who want to hear about what you've got to offer. And also try to create that, that spiderweb network of, you know, one thing I've done that's worked well is people that have been at a show, I'll, you know, I'll see them and, you know, sometimes I'm at the show, sometimes I'm not. And I'll walk around, I had little business cards printed up of, and I would give them a business card and it says on it, bring two friends to the next show and I'll, and get you a free drink. Awesome. So giving people incentives. Right. So yeah. So very they're bringing two more friends. So now it was one person. Now there are three people there. Mm -hmm. That's well worth a $5 drink in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah. It's just, you know, creating incentives for people to come back. Yeah. And, and it also makes them feel special, you know, like, oh, wow. You know, like he singled me out, you know, and that yeah. helps. That also helps. Yeah. That's, that, well, it goes back to the networking thing, doesn't it? That's exactly what it is. And you have to be willing to go talk to people. Yeah. You know, people are out there to have a good time, show them that you want to provide a good time. Yeah. You know, basically build that network, but ask people too to help you build that network yeah. by saying, Hey, bring two friends next time and I'll do this for you. Or I'd love to meet your friends, whatever it may be, or tell me, ask the people there, you know, the, the, at the beginning, it's going to obviously start small, but ask them what they want out of an event yeah. and try to provide exactly what they want. And you'll be surprised how easy that works out. Yeah. People will be willing to help you when they feel like they're involved. You know, yeah. people want to people help artists and, you know, people doing things. People want to help people build businesses, cool. events. And yeah. then they, 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 it comes back to what I said before. Those early people could say, hey, I used to be at this event when there was 20 people there. Now we built this, you know, monthly showcase where it has 500 people there. I was there at the beginning. Yeah. People love yeah, so yeah. ask people for to help you they will help you yeah. you know if you're not a jerk <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so you gotta know, know when to turn it on and off i guess yeah 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 <laughs> but ask people for help put it out there on social media even even socially you know not in person ask those people that are um either like even just liking your event to ask them hey contact them directly hey would you mind sharing it you know, I think it's going to be a really great event. Would you mind sharing it? And most of the time they will because they like, wow, he took the time to reach out to me personally. You feel special and you'll do that for them. And, you know, it grows, you know, exponentially, hopefully from there. Brilliant. That's some really good advice. These are, I really hope that's helpful. 
Keith, thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing chatting with you and, and exchanging ideas with you. If, um, if any of the dreamers would like to reach out, with, out to you and maybe delve a little deeper into their questions, would you be open to hearing from them? Oh, of course. That's, you know, one thing about, I think all of us, we love talking about music and the business of it. So, you know, reach out to me uh, directly, just reach out to indiebanguru at gmail.com and put in the subject line, daydream believers. And this way I won't skip over it. And you'll have that, you know, you'll tell me where you met me and this way I'll read your email. Amazing. I'd love to help. Thanks so much, Keith. And um, tell listeners where where they can find Indie Band Guru and anything else that you'd like to shout about. <laughs> you know, I'm always growing as well, but definitely, you know, go to my the website, please. If you like music, you, I think you'll like the website. It's Indie, I-N-D-I-E, bandguru.com. And, you know, follow me on Facebook. It's Indie Band Guru on, on all the social medias. And, you know, start conversations with me. I, I really enjoy talking about music and, and helping artists in general. So, you know, let's start and build and create a network where we can all help each other. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much again, Keith. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> uh, I've enjoyed it immensely. Thank you very much for having me, Liz. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening. It's my pleasure to bring you guests who are experts in their field to help you pursue your passions and achieve your dreams. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'd love to know what you thought of it. So please do remember to subscribe in iTunes and give us a little rate and review. If the show resonated with you, please share it with someone you think would benefit from it. If you have a question or topic you'd like answered on the podcast, head to lizchirelli.com and pop me a message. Huge thanks to everyone inside my Patreon community. It's their generosity that enables me to continue making this podcast. If you'd like to join us and connect with me on a deeper level, just head to patreon.com forward slash Liz Chirelli, where you can sign up quickly and easily. As a patron, you'll get access to the full range of my coaching packages and exclusive early access to all my musical output and special behind the scenes exclusives too.